We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC and Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music from the cast of the Vita, it's Che Guevara himself, Kurt Kasley! <laughs> and our panel, Anthony Ackroyd, Tommy Dean and Rebecca De Unamuno. <laughs> and our audience this week from Falconbridge, West Wyalong, Cowra, Ballina, Jeroa and Toowoomba! <laughs> First, as always, here is the news from nowhere. A King's Cross cafe is in the news this week for offering customers eight types of milk. The cafe even offers a milk menu in which the various types of milk, soy, macadamia, almond, oat, coconut and cow, are described in terms of their dietary and environmental implications. When it comes to milk, that's a lot of choice. Given the existence of Tinder, people are now spending more time choosing a beverage than on picking a sexual partner. (laughs) I think that's wrong. (laughs) If the dating sites offered the same level of detail as the milk menu, at least you'd be aware of each date's possible total emissions. (laughs) It's not only King's Cross. When I was a teenager growing up in Canberra, you could hardly get a cup of coffee after 9pm. As a result, groups of friends would drive the 90 minutes to Yass, where we'd enjoy a beverage at the Hume Highway truck stop. It was single-origin coffee back then, in the sense that the single-origin was always the same, a large dented can of international roast, (laughs) from which staff would dole out a heaped teaspoon of instant, followed by some hot water from the urn, when combined with two heaped teaspoons of sugar and a slightly stale sultana bun, the whole experience was entirely sublime. (laughs) Now, the truck stop near Yass is still there. I looked it up on the internet the other day. It now offers seven types of coffee in two cup sizes. It also offers tea, black or herbal, plus chai latte, the lot available with four choices of milk. Add it all up, the different coffees, the different sizes, the choice of milk. They are offering 80 variations on a beverage at the Yas, at the Yas, <laughs> yes, at the Yas truck stop. I've been watching too much of that show, haven't I? <laughs> too much Queer Eye, yeah. Uh, we have now peak choice. That's what I'm saying. In the supermarket, the level of choice is out of control. Do we really need washing up liquid in various chemical odours? Your choice of lemon breeze, Nordic Fjord or crisp linen. Do we need dog biscuits offering formulations according to the age, breed and personality type of the dog? Why is there a whole wall of soap? Isn't soap basically made of soap? (laughs) What's the bet that inside the privacy of their factory... It's the same stuff being poured into all the different boxes. Decades ago, I had a friend who worked in a shampoo factory. This is true. She swore blind that the dry, normal, oily and tangle-free and extra shine all came from the same swirling tank that just changed the labels on that day's run. 
needless cynicism, I hear you say, but that was exactly the case with Nurofen's specific pain range of tablets. You remember those? There was one for back pain, one for period pain, one for migraines, one for tension, headaches, all almost double the normal price. The only problem, when the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission analysed the tablets, they discovered, to quote, each product contains the same active ingredient. They were identical! In 2016, Eurofin paid a fine of $6 million for misleading consumers, by which point they'd sold 5.9 million packets of the stuff, yielding a profit of 40, or a revenue of $45 million. So no headache for them. If the supermarket offers endless choice, much of it bogus, the local pub is worse. Some years ago, there was a choice of new or old and a built-in ashtray at your feet. <laughs> Ask for a red wine and the barman would give you a good long stare before rooting around for a single bottle of Shiraz, which he's sure he has, which he would finally locate in the fridge. <laughs> Service was brisk and there was never a queue. Now there's a wine list divided as to region and a cocktail list that runs to four pages leading to a scrum five deep while five friends dither over whether to order the martini or the caparalska. The barman attempts to locate his tenth bucket of sliced lemon. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, may not represent progress. Presumably, in both supermarket and pub, people don't mind the hassle and the expense since exercising consumer choice is the preferred way now to express one's personality. Are you a flat white person or a latte person? Imperial leather or palm olive gold? VB or twoies? Coonawarra or hunter? Blindfolded, few of us could tell the difference between any of these things and yet they become matters of passion. Last week, Robert Irwin young son of the late Steve Irwin, revealed that his sister, Bindi, imports her toilet paper from the United States. She has a favourite brand, which she finds it difficult to live without. This is not peak choice. This is peak lunacy. At what point did the purchase of toilet paper become a form of self-expression? Oh, Susie and I prefer the lemon-scented one with a picture of the roses in bloom. We think... Well, we think our bottoms are worth it. <laughs> or, or, for that matter, milk with the eight choices in the King's Cross. Brad and I prefer the A2 protein homogenised yet organic and a light to medium formulation from cows who've willingly agreed to the process of milking. <laughs> it could all drive you to drink, if only it weren't for the length of the queue at the bar. And that's the news from nowhere. <laughs> uh, we have Anthony Ackroyd. Tommy Dean, Rebecca de Unamuno. You know, my, uh, my grandfather was a dairy farmer. Yes. And uh, one of his old jokes way back when was, uh, which flavor do you want? <laughs> As he was milking the cows. Yeah. So the yeah. cow itself offers four options. <laughs> <laughs> which flavor do you want, Tommy? There you go. I've got a friend who's a dairy farmer, and because there's such a, this is a serious thing, because there's such a waste problem in Sydney now, mm. people like Kellogg's cornflakes and so forth, are op offering the use-by-date expired stuff to dairy farmers. They can use it as feed. And, oh, I see. Yeah, and they've got the, the Cocoa Pops. And <laughs> yeah. Edgar tells everybody that those cows produce the chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe him, but that's what he says. Uh, now, let's check you up with this week's news. What lucky, lucky people will now be able to enjoy some cut-price luxury every single month 
Oh, so I can't answer this because I'm swathed in luxury. Ladies, we know what that is, isn't it? Finally, all that luxury we've been enjoying for years, you know, the luxury, the cramp luxury, the pain luxury, the, the bad mood luxury. It's all gone now. It's all gone. Okay, this is the tampon tax. This is the tax, tampon right? tax. Finally, yeah. but finally gone. I was actually asked um, earlier this year to, to take part in a campaign that, that was campaigning against the, the luxury tax. The GST on tampons. Yeah, the GST on tampons and stuff. And so, um, and I, and I, said, I suggested that I would do it. They wanted to, um, you know, ads in magazines and everything. And I said, yes, I would do it if I could do it like the old school jewellery ads and just have a pair of tampon earrings <laughs> and, uh, and a pad wristband, you know, just a, a necklace, a necklace made of naprogesic, you know, I thought it could, uh, I thought it could work, but they didn't say that. So, yes, yeah, so, so just think, ladies, all the luxury that we've, uh, we've had over the years. Time to give it up. I yeah, know. I, wish I'd, uh, I wish I'd known <laughs> that it was a luxury item, all those anniversaries. <laughs> <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Darling, when we married, I promised you a life of luxury. <laughs> Got a little present for you. Oh, Something fun. I can wear? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Here's the free applicator. <laughs> But see, this cuts both ways, um, because when you know, as a as a young Tasmanian baby, uh, I also I, uh, had a tax, a reverse tax, applied to me at a, a young age to my reproductive organ. It was ten uh, percent off, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, off a selected item, and. Um, Oh, no, so, but things like, it's not fair, really, is That's it? That's a very no, tiny no, tax, no, though, isn't fair. it? <laughs> <laughs> That's an image everyone has to live with for the rest of their lives. But you know, condoms aren't taxed and Viagra's not taxed, which is a bit stiff. Uh, <laughs> well, this is I'm just amazing. warming up, ladies and gentlemen. Much that, that was a controversy, much isn't worse. it? Because, they, you know, obviously GST went on everything, but, but quite a few chemist goods didn't take GST. So anything that involves some sort of... Men. Medical thing. Anything so, that involved men, I think yeah. you'll find. Yes. That's right. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. Well, that's what I think we should have done. Uh, I, think, I think we should have kept the GST, but like the 30 cents that we're putting on milk, uh, collect it and distribute it directly to women. That's right. right. So like the farmers are getting the milk Yeah, they tax. get the milk tax. Yeah. So I think oh, we should give that uh, 10% okay. straight. But since since the women are the ones who are paying the extra money... Do they want it or not? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that involve a bit of double handling? Maybe we could put it into our superannuation. Yeah. Maybe that's what we could do. Yeah. Well, there's nothing there now. There's nothing so. there now. We might as well. You might as well. But I'm not convinced they are always the one paying it because uh, every man that I know at some point has been sent to the supermarket <laughs> with job. And, and calling back to your fantastic front-end story there, talking about a wall of choice that you don't know how to make a decision on. Because <laughs> yeah. so, with the condoms, it's easy. Large. Yeah. <laughs> there are a variety of the, the wings. You're not sure how the wings work. You're not sure. These things fly? They fly. <laughs> And so they then, of course, yeah. so not, only, not only when the man was shopping for these products, <laughs> did he have to take a stab in the dark, so to speak, and buy something he wasn't even sure it was right. Then he would pay the GST, plus there was the block of chocolate tax on top of it <laughs> to cover any mistake you may have made. <laughs> It gets very expensive. Do the, ones with, do the ones with wings come with premium economy? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no leg room. <laughs> who, uh, who launched this week a spirited, a spirited attack on leaders past? Ah, I know what this spirited. is. Spirited. 
because this was Malcolm Turnbull, who's gone to New York to keep a low profile, uh, and he's not bitter at all about um, being the latest reject Prime Minister. And he he said that um, he didn't want to be like uh, Tony Abbott and Kevin Rudd, ex-Prime Ministers, who hung around like miserable ghosts. Can you imagine that? Being haunted by Tony and Kevin. (laughs) Imagine Tony appearing at 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 the bottom of your bed going, ah, 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 boo, ah, ah, boo. (laughs) I've got some chains, Uh, rattle, rattle, Uh, suppository of all wisdom. Uh, And Kevin would be, God, that's my worst nightmare, being haunted by Kevin Rudd. He appears appears at your bed and says, uh, uh, well, in terms of programmatic specificity, I would say that life in the afterworld really shakes my sauce bottles. It was weird, wasn't it? Because Malcolm, Malcolm attacks those two. He attacks Abbott and Rudd, and then yeah. Rudd returns fire and says, yeah. well, Malcolm, you keep on saying you're out of politics, but you're in the media every day. So he yeah. Then Keating attacks everybody. See, what, just what you did then, Richard, is like you're calling a sporting match. Because mm. this is what it is. It's like, it's like if you ran the commentary, you wouldn't believe half of what's happening. I just think they should all just stop talking about themselves. Just, just I wouldn't mind being haunted by Keating. Keating, that'd be fun, don't you think? Because he's he's witty. He'd be a witty ghost, you know. Um, Like John Howard, you've got a head like a desiccated coconut. (laughs) You're a shiver in search of a spine, son. (laughs) No, that'd be fun. I mean, Keating was in fine form, as as always. He said that Turnbull had failed dismally. You'd need a microscope to find his true beliefs. (laughs) And, uh, And by sort of exploding the leadership, he'd left the field to subterranean malcontents. So good, isn't it? So good. Beautiful. It does, it does feel like yeah. an Australian Dickens novel. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past, future, and present. But it'll take place in the summer and stink of prawns. But, it's, uh, <laughs> but there'll be a character called Barnaby. You know, oh, yeah, he's got to be in there as well. <laughs> Put them all into it. It's going yeah. to be a terrible, terrible Christmas Eve. But who It'll would be, be the, the ghost of Prime Minister's future? You know? mm-hmm. Throw well, it, it is the audience. Well, yeah. it is It'd change each week, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, they're no longer, you know, they have dementia patients. Yeah. Several are in the audience. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, just because somebody doesn't laugh at your jokes, that could mean That's that they're... That's the only explanation. That could, that could mean they have a particularly sharp intelligence. Well, they used to ask dementia patients, you know, to test their level of dementia. You know, do you know who the current Prime Minister is? <laughs> Half of us couldn't answer, really. Could <laughs> is it morning or afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> AM or PM. Now, uh, who budgeted? On a budgie. Who budgeted on a budgie? This is exciting, isn't it? This is, uh, this is, uh, yep. This is one of those things that I wanted to happen. Uh, I I didn't say, it wasn't my idea, but once I heard that it was an idea, I thought it was the greatest idea I've ever heard of. Okay, this is the the latest spill from the ABC. Justin Milne, who we learned last week, Mm. uh, works for the ABC and is not a cricketer. Uh, That was exciting for me to discover. Yeah. Uh, But (laughs) then it found out he wanted to hire Kylie Minogue. Mm. That's all. It ends there. I don't know what she wanted to do, but I imagine. I think the idea was Justin Milne had endorsed somebody else's idea yeah. to have to pay a lot of money to have Kylie Minogue sing a song about how great the ABC was. Yeah, right. and then Michelle Guthrie said, "Look, that's uh, we can't spend three quarters of a million dollars on that. That's stupid." Yeah, and then yeah. she got sacked. 
That's why. Because it's a simple mistake, by you got to respect good ideas. <laughs> and I think getting Kylie Minogue. And, and but the thing is, I don't. I wasn't clear about whether or not they just wanted her to record a song that they would play ad nauseum, uh, like the Woolies theme when you're shopping. Uh, or, given the money involved, it felt like she would replace the TARDIS in the lobby. <laughs> and she would just sing for us in the lobby. The and Woolworths the, and that idea made, is good, though, isn't it? We are the fresh news people. <laughs> <laughs> but, if, but if Kylie Minogue was in the lobby singing, it would make the show so much better every Friday. Would it be good? It would be good. Make all our lives better, yeah. I, I feel. But it, it's interesting because Justin Milne was um, quoted as saying that he thought the idea would be cool. Cool. It would and be I cool. thought, well, it would be if it was 1987 <laughs> and I was about to head to the school disco wearing a bubble skirt and fingerless gloves and everyone thought Bobby Brown was a good partner for Whitney. First that's, off. That's when it was cool. Why that are women so cruel cool to other idea. women? <laughs> why are they so cruel to other women? It's Kylie Minogue needs something to do, and the ABC lobby is huge. Mm. And she could really do with the money. She's, she could do she's with struggling, the money. Poor thing. And it would yeah. keep the coffee shop open for an extra half hour. <laughs> but and then I could have a coffee. But she's virtually British, and she repeats herself. Actually, British repeats, that's what we do best. What? <laughs> I was, that, that was the most worrying part of this whole story, the, the fact that Justin Milne, and you've, you've seen Justin, used the word cool. Mm. And I think... We should restrict the use of the word cool. Um, if you're Usher or Lady Gaga, you can say cool. Um, but if you look like you just failed the audition to be the bass player in a Christian rock band, uh, you're not allowed to say cool, Justin. I, I'm, I'm sorry. And, by the way, I, I found out ABC stands for Australian Broadcasting Commission. Yeah. Not uh, always brown Nose coalition. LAUGHTER that's just another footnote for. But would you really pay Kylie, Kylie Minogue, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> I'm right, I, we can I, get Danny for seven hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> and I'll do it myself for seventy-five. Seven dollars fifty. I'll undercut. I'll we undercut. have Andrew, Roy, Tommy Dean, and Rebecca De Unamuno. Uh, the value, uh, the value of unpaid work around the house has been calculated by British economists this week. With the value of cleaning and mowing put at about five thousand five hundred Australian dollars a year, uh, while doing the laundry was estimated at two thousand three hundred and seventy-one dollars twenty-four cents a year. What unpaid work do you do for others, and how would you total up your total contribution, Tommy Dean? So much. I don't. Uh, I don't like to put numbers on these things. I do it for the love of my family. Uh, but I don't know what cost uh, per hour do you put on uh, telling the children to please bring the dishes down from their room to the kitchen and then going and getting it yourself. <laughs> so I have to charge a laboring fee for actually doing the job plus whatever news service I am using uh, to alert them to the fact that they uh, should be doing the job themselves. Uh, there is the stacking and restacking of the recyclables. The recyclables. So there's the, the way they put the things in the box next to the, the kitchen island, and then I have to charge a second lot of when I put it back in together so that it's actually in the box. What do they do with it? Sort of yeah, you know how, uh, you know how uh, I don't know if this is a gender thing, but you know, men are often accused of not being able to uh, hit the urinal <laughs> and leave a bit of a, yeah. a spray around yeah, the edges. Yeah, yeah. They are the same with the recycling bin. <laughs> 
They pee all around the edges and can't seem to get anything in the actual bucket. <laughs> it's not that hard to put a, you know, milk thing in the... No, we have a big box. Yeah. We have a big box. It once held many, many oranges. It is a large platform to put recycled plastics into, but they just bounce it off the edge. It slowly blocks the way to the pantry. I have to restack that. I'm going to put yeah, that You're going to have to charge a lot for this. $20 an hour. Yeah. $20 an hour. Uh, cleaning up after toast. Toast is the worst. Crumbs are the worst thing since sliced bread. It's always a positive we focus with sliced bread, but the negative is the crumbs. And it doesn't seem hard to lift up the edge of the toaster and push the crumbs on the cupboard underneath it. That's what all civilized people do. I've been doing it for years. And then once every decade when you buy a new toaster, the lump of crumbs underneath gets taken out. It's an easy job. Lift Don't the you edge just of the uh, compress it, slice it, and cook it again? Yeah, another. It's a, it's a granola bread. <laughs> <laughs> Hippies love it. I sell it at the local market once a decade. But there's so much extra work. Uh, dumping out the mop. The girls will occasionally mop the floor, but then I have to take the mop water outside. I don't That's know. pretty good they're mopping the floor, though. That, that is. I do agree that half a job has been done. <laughs> and I'm going to charge the other half. It's the same with dishes. They'll quite happily, not happily is the wrong word, they will do the dishes, uh, but then they won't dry them or put them away. Yeah. They just stack on the side. Yeah. I, have to, I have to do the second half of everything. Yeah. Of everything. <laughs> so I would like to charge time and a half. Yeah. I think you're up to $6,000. $6, Easy. Uh, Anthony Ackroyd, what about you? I'm still a little bit worried that Tommy can't hit the urinal. <laughs> I said most men. A toilet bowl, I understand, but a urinal is a pretty big target. <laughs> Which direction is this uh, stream going in? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they won't put stuff in the recycling bin. <laughs> now, uh, it's, uh, it's really hard to put a price on my domestic contributions because uh, there's a lot of subtlety involved that is sometimes unappreciated. Uh, particularly by my significant other. Um, but, you know, the, the, what value can you place on staring vacantly into a cupboard? <laughs> because you've actually forgotten why you've walked into the kitchen. <laughs> and while I'm there, you think, well, how does that add to the economic situation, Anthony? Well, I'm not... Um, you know, there's no wear and tear on furniture while I'm staring in. Uh, there's no capital depreciation on items such as vacuum cleaners. So uh, that is a contribution, I feel. Sustainable clothing. Uh, is another one of my um, areas of expertise. I can make things last. Um, people want me to buy new clothes, but I say no. <laughs> There's a few molecules left <laughs> in the fibre of this T-shirt. Um, I have talents too. Um, I can... Uh, this, this is actually... A, I, I should be paid a lot of money for this because I'm, I'm an expert spider capturer. Ooh, I can capture any spider um, with the assistance of a stiff piece of cardboard and a transparent lunchbox slide the cardboard under the little legs and uh, lunchbox over the can't put a price on that mm. Anthony Aykroyd arachnid wrangler <laughs> <laughs> look me up in the non-existent yellow pages <laughs> find me on the internet Do you get a lot of praise for that work <laughs> Not as much as I should, Richard. <laughs> Do you get a lot of notes from the school about the weird lunches you're serving? <laughs> it's a lot of protein <laughs> in your huntsman. <laughs> It'll be great. Well, I can capture. I can, I can do other insects as well. I can do um, probably uh, cockroaches. 
Yeah, yeah Donald yeah. Trump. I could do that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if we could slide some cardboard under Donald Trump and just put a lunchbox over him and throw him in the bin? But that's the end of my yeah. contribution to that. It is thought. a bit uh, like man's housework, isn't it? You know, stunt, it's stunt housework. It's only yeah. stunt house. It's a, 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 a housework that involves arachnids. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and it's important to leave the cleaning stuff out if you do anything. Yeah. So it gets appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, how can you charge for all the things oh, that you do? Look, I don't even know where to begin. I've got to say, for 15 years or so, my house was the after-party house after every show or every festival. So I kind of wish now, in hindsight, I'd actually charged a cover charge back mm-hmm. then in those days because I could have, you know, made an absolute fortune. You, you could have cleaned up, which I is something you've never we've done. never else. done. <laughs> the so, other way. keep others there for three days. I'll do it for you eventually. I'm an excellent wing woman. If anybody is looking for a relationship or literally just anyone for that particular half hour, I am excellent at putting couples together. Unfortunately, it doesn't extend to myself. Uh, so I'm excellent at getting it. I've, I've got friends. What does a wing woman have to do? Okay, you have to sell the attributes of your friend. So if somebody comes up and, and approaches, you know, the table or the group, you have to, you know, highlight the fact that your friend's pretty awesome, mm-hmm. yeah, without being too charming yourself because then that gets problematic. Uh, you've got to know must when be to very, walk That must be you very challenging, to... <laughs> So tough. Such a challenge. You've got to know when to walk away. You've got to know when to fold them and you've got to know when to hold them. So you've got to know when that's all set and now's your time for a speedy exit. I've been known to leave a venue for one particular pair of friends who, who they were a couple but they weren't telling anybody. So I had to keep it a secret. And so I would have to give up my night and leave early and go and leave with her and go and wait outside until 40 minutes later the guy that she was seeing would come and join her and then they'd both sort of look at me and go, See you go then. Yeah, and I'd, and I'd go home. You are a good friend. I am a good friend. I also think that I should be paid for my ability to retain and quote useless information, uh, including television theme shows from the 80s, <laughs> all the lyrics. I think I should be able to do that. And, uh, you and don't also... know all the lyrics to shows from the 80s. Yeah. Give me a show from the 80s. Come on. Smash. Mash. Oh. <laughs> 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 that was suicide. There are lyrics in, there are in lyrics. the movie. There are yeah. lyrics. Uh, family ties. Uh, okay, family ties. I bet we've been together for a million years. You know the next line. And I bet we'll be together. This child is looking at me like, what is this? <laughs> yes. Daddy, can, like... Daddy, can we go home? <laughs> Daddy, the 80s? Daddy, 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 make the, make the lady make stop. Make the bad woman stop. <laughs> Remember Useless information. Were they were good characters. In <laughs> and I think my biggest attribute is um, smiling, nodding and laughing politely when I really oh. don't want to. I think that's a skill you should get paid for, don't you, for being but polite. Enough is, enough I've got your... a lot of work for you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough of your commentary on the news from nowhere. Um, now, who wants to hear the wheel of death? Oh, yeah. The wheel of death. Yeah. The wheel of death. Yeah. Yes. When our lovely audience came in... Uh, at about five o'clock, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are owls, stones, rain, Doctor Who, bananas, cows, birthday, curry, English, game shows, dating, dad jokes, travel, online, and we're back to owls, which fill, fill you full of fear. Rebecca? Uh, well, I've been up since 4am, so at this stage, all of them fill me with absolute fear. Mm. Probably, so probably anything could come out. The, <laughs> yeah, the owls are terrifying. Owls, I'm, I'm willing to give any of them a go. Right, let's, let's see, see what yeah. happens. Let's see. Round and round and round it goes where it stops. Nobody knows. Today's wheel of death. Random topic. Mm. 
for Rebecca is travel. Who gave us travel? Oh. Who gave us travel? Thank you very much. Travel. This lady here gave you travel. Okay, all right. So travel. For travel. Us. travel. Let's see what happens at this point. Travel. Nothing. Travel. All right, here we go. Do it. Do it in an yeah. 80s theme song. Do it as an 80s theme song. Okay, all right. It's a brand new show. This, oh, I can see the kids are getting excited again. It's a brand new show. You can download it, watch it on your iPad and all that stuff. Uh, it's a brand new show. It's a show from the 80s. It's a lost um, in the vaults. Uh, they discovered it. It was a it was a British show, and it was called Ooh uh, Up There. And uh... <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> thank you. Uh, written by uh, British sitcom writers from the seventies, so there was a bit of a, a tie over from the seventies into the eighties. Uh, it was set on one particular aircraft, <laughs> and uh, the cabin crew. Hilarious. Uh, you had your stock standard, uh, you know, cabin crew, the very serious one, uh, Sebastian. He was very serious. Uh, he had a moustache? Sebastian had a moustache, yes, in several places. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he ruled... Who were up there? Who were up there? I told you. I told you. Wait till you hear this theme song. It's going to be the biggest disappointment you've ever had. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the relationships. And it's, it's all, you know, it's all set, you know, and they, and they call themselves, here's the funny part, they call themselves the Mile High Club. Isn't that great? Mm, um, yeah, right. But nobody knew what it meant then. Nobody yeah. knew what it Not in the 80s. Um, so <laughs> here is the theme song. Oh, Tommy. Here is the theme song for Ua Up There. <laughs> 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 Do you want me to set the scene? Okay. It's, it's just a theme song. It's, just it's time through. we uh, up there, Mum. Let's get in front of the television. Click. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you could please find your seats and fasten your seatbelt, we're about to take off. Ah, ah. Wherever you want to go, these are the people to know. They're flying high up in the sky. It's Sebastian, yeah, he's hairy down there. So all the people you know, smile and say hello. Put your tray table down. Turn that frown upside down. Because we're saying ooh, yeah. ooh, yeah, up there. <laughs> Rebecca, that you And the fabulous show from the 1980s. Brilliant. That is delirium. <laughs> delirium. Does she die, ladies and gentlemen? Does she die? Does she, does she live? She lives! I'm thank God it's Friday. With Richard Glover. I want to meet Sebastian. I really want to meet him. <laughs> I think so who be... do we blame for that? The lady who gave you the topic travel, Tommy, who said you must do it as a theme song, who yeah. you, or you who agreed to well, it. Well, that's the thing. See, an improviser always says yes, and that's the problem. That's what and you end I... up with. I know that. He knows that. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mr Dean. Well, that was fantastic. Now, a spiny anteater at Hillsville Sanctuary in Victoria. Did you hear this story? A spiny anteater has been treated for the most unexpected condition this week. The echidna, who's called Matilda, is allergic to ants. Now, that is one hell of a tough start in life. Who else would win your sympathy for being born with one problem that would have been best avoided in their particular station in life? Anthony Ackroyd. Well, I, I have no sympathy. 
Because <laughs> I think we live in an allergic anteater world, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great metaphor for our society, I think. I mean, just recently, I'd, I'd, I, don't, I didn't really, really know this guy, but I mentioned in a group of friends that uh, we needed to move some stuff. And this guy said, oh, I can help you move. And I knew he needed some money. He said, oh, I can pay you in cash and that'd be fantastic. And um, so he turns up for the, the big day of, of, of moving uh, furnitures, uh, furniture and fridges and that kind of thing. And uh, says, arachnids oh, in lunchboxes. Yeah, yeah, arachnids Anthony's, in lunchboxes. Anthony's collection. <laughs> my, my collection of huntsmen's. Um, so, you know, he turns up and I think, oh, this is good. I've got somebody to help me and says, oh, just before we, we start, I've got to tell you that um, I can't actually lift anything. <laughs> so I'm sorry I can't actually lift anything because when I do it just puts my back out <laughs> so I thought you'd, he's actually allergic to lifting yeah. um, so this is like a, the anteater who can't eat this is that's the, what I'm saying this is the furniture removalist who can't remove furniture exactly yeah. you know take Bill Shorten please <laughs> <laughs> Now, Bill Shorten, he always ends up second in the preferred Prime Minister polls. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they put up there. <laughs> <laughs> and I got excited for him, because uh, in the first week he was actually one point ahead of Scott Morrison for the first poll. By the second week they thought, oh, no, still Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're allergic to charisma, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't aspire to lead the country. Is, you know? is there, Tarantino going to make a new film called Still Bill? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. <laughs> Did I mention I've been to Eva Peron's grave? Okay, now. <laughs> I may join her in a minute. But, um, ooh, uh, up there. Now. He's been mentioned already, and he should be, he should be in one of the episodes of Ooh, We're Up There. Um, the assistant treasurer, Stuart Robert. Mm. Did you tune into that news 2, story? 2000 bucks. $2,800 for his inter internet connection every month. What's he doing playing Fortnite? <laughs> well, you know, no one should be watching that much porn. I can tell you. <laughs> really, you've got to give it a rest, you, every now and then. But if you can't get, you know, I pay $90, I have unlimited data. Yeah, I can do anything for as long as I want. And he's paying to, if you, you know, you shouldn't be assistant treasurer if you're allergic to having a brain. <laughs> you know, I don't have many rules in life, but that is one of them. Hmm. Tommy? Oh, sorry. No, no that's it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you did feel like you had one breath left yeah. in you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, Tommy, this is... I just felt like saying, ooh, we're up there again. <laughs> Tommy, we've got an anteater who, who can't bear ants. That's really tough. That is really tough. That, that is really tough. Uh, my grandmother, uh, who was the wife of my grandfather, <laughs> who I mentioned earlier was a Things are farmer. different in America, aren't they? <laughs> she was lactose intolerant. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, they didn't know that at the time. Like, they didn't, they didn't, to, all, to, all, to all four kinds of milk? <laughs> Yeah, she hated all the milk. Yeah, she, I think she hated farming, and I'm pretty sure she was grandfather intolerant as well. <laughs> now that I think about some of the Christmases we had. But yeah, she was allergic to milk, so she hated it. She absolutely hated the fact that she'd been, she was one of the, she was from the city, which was like the half city, uh, but she'd been taken out of her uh, city world. And, uh, you, know, you know, the farmer wants a wife, but the wife does not want to be a farmer's wife. Uh, it was a difficult time for her. Uh, so that was, that was difficult. Uh, my uh, dad uh, was a, a banker uh, for many years, um, but he uh, there was something in the ink of the green ink in American dollars 
that gave him a rash. Wow. So he, he was a teller, but he had to wear gloves to... He used to eat the money. He? he couldn't eat the money. He couldn't <laughs> no, eat the money. Okay. He, but he, he couldn't, it, yes. He couldn't... Uh, that is couldn't, so... Your story, this is a tragic family tale, isn't it? The banker who's allergic to money, the dairy yeah. farmer's wife who's allergic <laughs> to <laughs> dairy. And, and, um, and then, like, my, I think one of my brothers is allergic to... Uh, what's the word I want? Intelligence? <laughs> Common sense. A certain, <laughs> he's a motorcycle riding, snowboarding nightmare. Um, he's allergic to mom's advice. Is really what he's allergic yeah, to. Yeah, now yeah. that I think about it out loud. Uh, and we had a dog. We had a dog that was allergic to our cats. Is that a common thing? Well, they normally want to kill the cat. Yeah, but they just give it the sneezes. Like we had a little. <laughs> it was a farm. It was a farm. So you know, the cats didn't really live in the house. They just lived on the farm. But whenever a lady would get anywhere near the cats. She'd get into a sneezy fit and just... <laughs> that was funny, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, watching a dog have a... I'm feeling a lot better a... about my no, no. Eva Peron story. No, no, it's not a joke. I mean, like, watching a dog have a sneezy fit. Because <laughs> they don't know what to do about it. Because <laughs> 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 you can't explain to them. Yeah, okay. I think you're probably allergic to the cat. Maybe you should go away. I don't like that cat. I'm going to have a word to it right now. <laughs> 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 I think cats do know. Yeah. And that's why the cat was always underneath the face of lady. Rebecca, this tragic story. Yeah, I know. I feel really sorry for this um, echidna, Matilda. But it does make me think that that Ant's Pants ad would have been very different if Matilda was in it. <laughs> Sick of Matilda. <laughs> just would have, the yeah. ad would have gone nowhere. No, no. Actually, I'll just stay right here. Uh, I, uh, whilst I worked on Family Feud uh, before we... Uh, weren't and uh, <laughs> and I met a lot of families like a lot of families there were a lot what of did you on Family Feud I wrote for Mr oh. Denya she started yes. the wars between yes. the families it was the Capulets and the yeah. Montagues uh, and uh, and so I met a lot of contestants a lot of contestants and I had to brief all of them and get them telling their stories and things and there was a pilot who was um, scared of heights which I thought was really interesting and he became a pilot in order to conquer his fear of heights and it hasn't worked apparently uh, a nurse who faints at the sight of needles mm. that was an interesting mm. one and then she goes no 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 I'm fine with them with other people it's just anywhere they're near me coming towards it she faints uh, and I, I also thought about, I'm lactose intolerant and I have a desperate love of cheese. I just think that's cruel. Uh, you know, that's just, that's terribly cruel. And, uh, and I, think, I think Rip would have been a lot happier if his surname wasn't Torn. I can't help but think that, that life may have been a bit different if that hadn't have happened. This is going somewhere. Is everyone dead? What's going on? Is everyone <laughs> looking at me like I've just stunned them into silence? They just want you to sing a song again. <laughs> Episode two. No. Um... But it's funny you say that because I, I had a full bottomist who did the same thing. So she was like allergic to needles. She couldn't face yeah. the needle. But the first time she was uh, doing it, she said, and I thought it was like casual advice, she's like, uh, Tommy, I find this a little bit easier if you look away. And I thought she meant me, so I wouldn't see the needle go into my arm. And then she turned her head. She looked away. <laughs> then, a deft touch. jabbed the needle in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> much easier if you turn your head. And, also, and, and I just think there well, are she also... she wasn't some, a dentist. That's right. And there are just some people... Like, some, a lot of, there are, it's a sad affliction, but there are a lot of people who work in retail... Mm. who are allergic to customer service. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible Very affliction. Tragic. tragic tales. Uh, winners and losers of this week, uh, who were they? Anthony Ackroyd? The winners and losers of the week. Well, my winner is uh, a lady called Fan Bingbing 
Fan Bingbing, who was a Chinese actress who disappeared without explanation because she owed the tax department $97 million in tax. And um, that in itself is an audacious stunt, but really it's just because she's called Fan Bingbing. And I would like from now on to be called Anthony Bingbing, if that's all right with everyone. Uh, but you, do, you do know there are a lot of people at the ATO in Canberra who think, can we not have the same techniques as the Chinese secret police in terms of, of getting Aykroyd in particular to pay his tax? Because she basically just disappeared. She's obviously been in some sort of yeah. re-education camp, yeah. learning to fill out the ATO's for, well, the yeah, yeah. CTO's form. Of course, <laughs> which is torture enough. Uh, loser of the week is our good friend, uh, Supreme Court Judge nominee, uh, Brett Kavanagh. Have you been following the, the trial? Yeah, He's yeah. a great guy, isn't he? And um, <laughs> he is a loser in so many ways, but I think in particular because when he was giving evidence, they said, oh, I used to get drunk a lot and pass out. He said, I never drank until I was unconscious. I did sometimes drink until I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a nominee, nominee for the Supreme Court, but I'm sure they're pretty similar things, Brett. Um, by the way, have you seen Ooh-Ah? <laughs> What's it called? Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca, who were the winners and losers? Well, it's funny because Bing Bing is a character in Ooh-Ah up there. It's a person that comes along and switches off the customer service oh, line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the plane. Uh, my winner of the... I'm making myself laugh now. My winner of the week, uh, winners Australian football fans as um, Sam Kerr, our, our best female player uh, is uh, coming and uh, playing in the W League, uh, signed with Perth Glory after giving up options of, of signing overseas. So we've got Sam Kerr back. I'm so excited. Yes. Yay. And, uh, and my losers for the week is um, whoever. Are you being a wingman for the wingman? I'm being a wingman for the winger. Yeah, that's right. Which is also a character in New Era. Also, Tommy's dog is in. <laughs> and my losers for the week is, is the, the, the concept team, the people that went, you know what we should do? Project advertisements for a horse race on the sales of the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, come on. That's a sacred uh, performance space for a lot of artists. So I just think whoever came up with that idea was, you know. Yes. Boo to the Philistine pony pushers. It, yeah, exactly. Yes. The elites. Mm-hmm. Tommy, who were they? The big winner, uh, very excited about this story. An eight-year-old girl in Sweden uh, swimming in a lake near her home found a 1,500-year-old sword from the Iron Age. This is true. true. Today, yeah. Totally true. Uh, so first off, a couple of things. Found, she found the sword as a, as a marvel of age. Uh, her name is Saga, which is awesome. <laughs> And if I follow my Lady in the Lake sword history properly, I believe she is now the king of Sweden. (laughs) That's right. Because when she pulled it out, it came out. Yeah, it came out. It came out. It came out of the lake. And uh, so, therefore, my loser is King Carl's 16th (laughs) goose dog. (laughs) Now out of a job. Totally out of a job. Sorry, constitutional monarchy, Sweden. But your showpiece has been upstaged by Saga Venerek. Sounds like a storyline on... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Please thank Anthony Aykroyd, Tommy Dean, Rebecca de Unamuno, and, of course, the wonderful Kurt Hansey, who sang to us so beautifully from Shay Shay. Uh, Vita's playing at the Sydney Opera House until November three. Please thank all our panellists and our audience. Thank you. Thanks for being part of TJF. Next week, Tommy Dean will be back, joined by Gretel Colleen and Bridie Connell. Music from Paul Kelly next week. 
Uh, Australia's great singer-songwriter will be here. Until then, <laughs> I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday! Yeah!